You're listening to the Static Podcast on Static and Distortion. Did you almost cry like me during Paul McCartney's set? I did. Yeah, dude. When did you almost cry during Paul McCartney's set? (laughs) Hey, Jude. No, well, no. Hey, Jude, and maybe I'm amazed. I did it. Maybe I'm amazed. Yeah, that was it. At the end of it, it was just just this this wave of emotion that I I couldn't control and I didn't see coming. Because I was having a great time. I wasn't even feeling emotional. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm crying. Oh and a Paul God. McCartney show. It's Beatlemania. Yeah, exactly. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, um, to the – what is it? This has been forever since we've done an episode of called? this. <laughs> what, what are we called again? Uh, this is the uh, Static Podcast. I'm Robert. I'm John. Uh, Chris is not with us. Um, he is, I believe, under the weather. And, yeah. And um, – Rather than bring in a, you know, you normally we would go to Val or, you know, we've brought in Jen before and everything like that. Uh, John and I decided just to do a two-man tag team episode, you know, old Legion of Dune WWE style off the rope. Exactly. Um, and no John guy for a crutch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and as our opening may or may not have indicated – we're going to do a Lollapalooza episode because John and I just went to Lollapalooza. So, it was um, awesome. And it was fantastic. Uh, we will get into that shortly, but um, as I don't have my ukulele, so I don't even have my sonic screwdriver. I've got uh, nothing. Okay. Well, we'll just wing it. Yeah. All right. uh, but as we start off every episode, we're going to do some music news. So, Hey, everybody. It's time for the news. Shoebop, shoebop. <laughs> um, did you want to start off with yours or do you want to cover the one that we started talking about before we recorded or what let's let's do our uh, the one we had in common first the uh that dr dre yes is compton. streaming his new album compton yes first album in 16 years since uh 1999's 2001 the chronic which i wore out to death totally me too <laughs> 
But I still listen thing, to it a lot, actually. I, the funny thing is I went back and listened to it, and, I mean, I had this wave of nostalgia, like, kind of wash over me, but it felt dated. It's very dated. Yeah. Like, I felt like, wow, this had a time and a place, and it is no longer now. <laughs> yeah. Well, just that, the, I, I always have this very distinct image of the video for um, Still DRE. Oh, yeah. With the, the Lowriders and Snoop, you know, throwing West Side... Hitting corners on them low lows, girl. Yeah. Um, I still remember the uh, Forgot About Dre video with Eminem and the burning house and everything like that. Right, yeah. Um, but Compton, and the other important thing that we should cover, that we should know is uh, Compton is available only on iTunes. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I, if I, I, I didn't read the article. I just found it. <laughs> <laughs> if I remember correctly, it's going to be only on iTunes. Um, it won't be streaming or anything because uh, Apple purchased beats by dre oh yeah yeah so the partnership you to us yeah essentially the partnership means that uh it's only going to be available on itunes or you know within an hour it's going to be on you know pirate bay or something um or youtube where i'll find it yeah exactly uh i'm you know obviously this is he's already said this is his finale this is the last ever album he's gonna put out um I'm more interested in there's a there's like a liner a footnote in the announcement of Compton coming out, um, the oft talked about often talked about Detox because everyone was after 2001 the Chronic came out everyone was like he's releasing a new album called Detox Detox and he kept releasing a song here and there and there in the announcement that Compton was coming out he actually made mention that Detox had been finished for like years yeah he hated it. <laughs> and he's <laughs> never going to put it out. And uh, at least the internet had this collective sigh of like, okay, we could stop waiting now. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's funny. Yeah, because I, I, I'm excited. I was a little bit disappointed. What was it? A while back, I think Snoop and Dre it was probably from some of those sessions. Snoop and Dre did a song, but it was with um, Akon, I think. Oh, yeah. And and I'm like, if it's not Nate Dog, I mean Nate Dog's rest yeah. in peace. He's he's been uh, you know away from us for a while now. But big ups, um, big ups. Pour out a sip. forty for your eight yeah. for Nate Dog. Yeah, but but um, you know, I I um, was just disappointed because it's it's like a double edged sword because I expect it to sound like Dre and Snoop and stuff from back in the day. Now Snoop's been doing stuff all along so he's evolved and changed but dre's still kind of stuck in the 90s for me yeah because he really actually is um, yeah <laughs> he hasn't had an album out since since the late 90s so um i'm excited and a little concerned i'm pulling up the track listing right now for compton um because i want to pull up the features because you know in the early 90s eminem and dr dre were like linked together yeah, um, you know, you couldn't think of one without the other, and now he was only on one track of this new album. Uh, but there are, I mean, Kendrick's on it. Um, yeah, I saw that. The game is on it. Eminem's only on one track. Exhibits on it out of nowhere. Um, Kendrick, yeah, Kendrick Lamar, Snoop Dogg, um, John Connor is on it. Uh, I don't know if uh, you're familiar with John Connor. He was actually named to Double XL's uh, freshman 
this last year, 2014, and um, he's really good. So already early reports are coming in. Um, upon release, the album has received positive reviews, and Rolling Stone has given it a four out of five. That's pretty good. It's they say it's no detox. It's something realer and better. So good. I'm excited about that. Yeah. The album artwork is actually really cool. Yeah. It's the uh, Hollywood sign, but it says Compton, and it's taken from the back of it, of a picture of Los Angeles. Huh. So. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you had, oh, your other, your boy, your man crush. Ryan Adams. <laughs> Ryan Adams is recording a, a, a cover album recording Taylor Swift's 1989. He's going to record the whole album as a cover. I'm interested in seeing that. I am too because I I have no shame in admitting I I, I really like what Taylor Swift's been doing lately, um, musically, mm-hmm. and I think she's had a very successful crossover to pop, um, very orchestrated and and executed well, and she makes good songs that are not for my demographic, but I can appreciate them. Um, but yeah, and apparently she she geeked out about it on Twitter today and basically said, is this true? I will pass out. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan reached and tweeted back to her, yes, just finished style, badass tune, Taylor. We're sandblasting them and they're holding steady. There's actually his recording or a snippet of his recording of Welcome to New York is already out. Holy cow. Um, I'm trying to find it right now. It's it's pretty good. Let's see if I can find it. It was uh, he posted it to Instagram because apparently that was the first thing he finished last night. <laughs> uh, doo, 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 doo. While I'm looking for that, um, the other thing I wanted to touch on real quick, and then we'll talk about the the iTunes thing. Uh, Important in many people's lives at this time, not important to the majority of the world. Drake and Meek Mill, their beef, good for them. I don't know if you're up with that or not. Um, all I have to say in response to that is Wu-Tang. <laughs> Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Hey, speaking, and we'll talk about the, this band a little bit. I'm, I'm once again in my cursory searching for this snippet of... Ryan Adams, TV on the radio covered Prince in Minneapolis last night. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I am not finding it. Oh, I think I just did. And if I did, I will play it and we will have it on the podcast. And yeah. Because we prepare ahead of time. Oh, we, you could tell. <laughs> yeah, here it is. All right. This is uh, Ryan Adams' version of Welcome to New York. Uh, I'm going to play this and let's see how this goes. It sounds like um, 
a young Bruce Springsteen. Yes. Making a pop <laughs> record. Totally. <laughs> like, that's all I hear every time I listen to it. That's good. Uh, that's great. Like, I love Bruce, but... I'm excited to see what he does with, like, um, songs like Bad Blood or Blank Space. Yeah. You know? So, um, that's coming out, and I'm very intrigued by that. I'm, ex- I'm excited about it, because <laughs> then I can listen to those songs and not feel guilty about it. <laughs> After that, I had nineteen eighty. I had nineteen eighty nine on my phone for the longest time, and I would listen without caring. That's that's true. You you were you were one of the first to to sing the praises of of the latest Taylor Swift album. So, oh yeah, because I I mean I remember when I first heard it, I was like, this is pop music done very well. It it wasn't the um, basic bullshit pop music. It was actually uh, arranged and performed really well. So. She's at the top of her game. Oh, hell yeah, she is. Like, yeah. I could see her making a big push to being not a pop star, but not a diva. Like, she's already at that upper echelon, but making that push to be, like, one of those long-lasting, like a Whitney Houston or... Aretha uh, Franklin. Aretha Franklin. Like, I see her, if she if she maybe just let some of the kid shit go, like, she can do that. But, you know but, I mean? but... But she can get away with it for a while. She's only like she, twenty three. So she can't yeah. do this. She can't do that when she's thirty three. Yeah. But yeah, no. But but that that's just the thing. She's she's got a, a potentially very long career. She could do this another, you know, oh, five decades. Yeah. And but when you're this big, this young. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot more room for error. <laughs> I'm I'm just hoping, like I'm actually this is weird, but I'm hoping that at some point in like maybe the next five between five and ten years, she releases either a folk album of just her and a guitar, and maybe some light accompaniment in the background. Um, even if it's covers, that'd be cool. Or her doing jazz standards with a big band backing her. I don't see the jazz thing. That doesn't pop in my head. That's why I'm hoping she does either one because those would be like a str- not not so much the folk, but the jazz thing would maybe be a stretch for her. And you, she could just be like, "Oh, I'm testing my artistic, you know, my 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 standards. I'm pushing my limits, my boundaries, and people might respect that." You know, like when Bon Jovi did that country album. <laughs> Like when Lionel Richie did that country album, which was <laughs> like, actually really good. <laughs> like when Ray Charles did country. So essentially what we're saying is if any pop musician does country, they're testing their artistic artistic limits. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, like so Jessica yeah. Simpson. <sighs> Why'd you have to make it real? <laughs> we were having a good time. <laughs> uh... And uh, last piece of news the one we actually just started discussing i found right before we started recording um hey john do you own any cds that you have put on your computer um several hey john do you live in the uk or no i live in not the uk you live where it's goddamn free to put your own music that you purchased on your computer correct i do so in the united kingdom it is now illegal for you to copy your CDs that you purchased with your money onto your computer 
in any way, shape, or form. Well, darn it, that's un-American. It's goddamn un-American. But it sounds pretty darn British. <laughs> so, yeah, um, there was uh, up until late last year, um, it was illegal to copy in any format any of the music that you purchased. Uh, you know, if you buy a CD, you can't put it into iTunes. And the main article was talking about iTunes. Or you can't make a digital copy or you can't make a physical copy of, of anything you've purchased. Um, and then that was overturned late last year. And then now it was, once again, well, it was put into, you know, it was kind of gotten rid of. And now it's been overturned. So now it's illegal again. So... Basically, if you own iTunes and you've ever copied a CD, you're breaking the law. And, you know, by association, iTunes and Apple is breaking the law by even having that feature available. Um, So I guess I don't know if they're going to change their programming or their product for UK users or what. Um, And then the other thing the article stated is that let's say you purchase an album digitally, you can't make a hard copy of it or you can't even back it up to an external hard drive so if your computer crashes or gets stolen the only way to get all your music back is to repurchase it that's a whole bunch of crap right there yeah (laughs) that is some horse shit and that would not prevent me from doing either of those things god no (laughs) but i bet you a whole bunch of uh record companies and record execs are like rubbing their hands together like we're gonna send out all the letters good good exactly fucking dark side (laughs) yes Yes. (laughs) yeah remember back when in like the mid 2000s i remember distinctly remember foo fighters in your honor um had like that digital protection where it it wouldn't let you put it into itunes and stuff and that lasted about five minutes before everybody got really pissed and the record companies quit doing it yeah but it would come with that giant fbi label on the back and Mm -hmm. it would be drm protected and yeah such bullshit music what i what i like i mean i'm interested in the, the thing um you know there's a website that one of my favorite artists Derek webb created called noise trade where mm-hmm. you you upload your songs, I mean major artists do it, minor artists do it, and you can pay whatever you want, including free, but you have to give your email address and your zip code, and they mm. give it away for and then now they can email you and tell you when they're going to be in town. you can go to their shows oh, okay, and almost every artist the, the reason he started that website was because. He decided, you know, he was selling at the time like 30,000 copies of of every album he put out. Very, very low, you know, indie artist. Mm-hmm. And he put one of his, his previous album online for like just 60 days for free. And he had like 85,000 downloads <laughs> of the album. So he goes, whoa, like 50,000 more people have my album than if I were just selling it. And then he also noticed the attendance at his shows were higher, and also that the the purchase of his previous albums had had spiked. You know, they had all plateaued because they were older albums, and then all of a sudden they're getting they're getting purchased again. So it's like it, it the giving it away for free got him a much bigger fan base, and his shows were high, more highly attended, which is more money in his pocket because he makes more money on touring and selling the merch at his shows and, yeah. and that type of thing. So he, he spun that off into a concept about eight years ago, but you know, and, he, and he's an artist where he'll say, burn my CD for your friends. 
Yeah. You, know, you he's like, you know how they say without the consent of the artist, I'm the artist and I'm giving you consent. You know, make copies, share it. If people hadn't passed me burnt CDs for the last ten years, I wouldn't know of half the the bands that I love now. So I I, I dig artists that do that. And I and I hate that stupid corporate control of you know something that's it's it's like quantifying a concept now don't get me wrong i have friends in in production i have friends in bands um you know that that need to get paid so i i I still support you know purchasing music rather than pirating music but holy cow you can't rip your own cd into your own computer (laughs) yeah that's (laughs) that you purchased that you purchased that is legally i mean you now have the rights to do with that what you would like to short of reselling it or making money off of it but well that's just it could somebody you know sell their cds at a used cd store in in the great in great britain oh i have no idea because then you know how what what they won't let you save a copy for yourself and back up your own files, but you could go make money off of selling it, maybe? I, I don't or know. Or even That's at a strange. garage sale, just make a buck, two bucks from selling in a garage sale or something like that. Yeah. Private sale. It's a felony. Breaking the law. I fought the law and the law won. When I was a kid, in I Britain. thought the lyrics to that was, I fought the dog and the dog won. <laughs> that's a, that's not the lyrics at all and i would belt that shit out until one day my mom was like what are the lyrics to that and i was like i fought the dog and the dog one she was like oh honey you're, it's a good thing you're cute <laughs> breaking rocks in the hot sun um, what did you think the dog was breaking the the are you break no no i, no, but I was like there. six oh yeah i wasn't like 15 that w- that would have made it funnier though. No, I was like six, dude. <laughs> okay. So, um, Lollapalooza. Hello, Lollapalooza. Yeah, as Paul McCartney would say. Yeah. Lollapalooza. This is your second overall time. Yes, yeah. it is. How many times have you been to Lollapalooza? This is my third. Cool. Uh, yeah, I have the every other every other year rule with Randy. Mm. So my first year was 2011, and then 2013, 2015, um, and I'll go again in 2000. No, actually, no, I might be going to Bonnaroo 2016 and 2017. So it's a whole other story. I, yeah, um, but yeah, uh, Lollapalooza was just held this past weekend in wonderful downtown Chicago at Grand Park. Uh, July 31st, August 1st, and August 2nd. Um, John and I were blessed enough to be able to go and in partake in three days of beer and music and thunderstorms and fucking parries and... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, parries. Parries. Boo. Uh, <laughs> so for those who are unfamiliar with the history of Lollapalooza, it was originally in the early 90s, or just overall throughout the 90s. It was a touring festival started by Perry Farrell of Jane's Addiction. And it was usually a one-day affair that had the premier alternative 
uh, and he got into hip hop and you know rap acts uh, at the time. You know, Tool played and Deftones played and you know, Marilyn Manson played and it would tour from city to city to city. And, and then 2000, I think it was 2001, 2002, ticket Some, sales yeah. declined and they had to cancel it. And they tried putting it back on in 2003 and once again no one was having it. So they decided just to pick one centralized location and hold it for a three-day. I think it was back then it was just two-day weekend and sell tickets to it and that was in 2005 so 2015 10 years later it's a 10-year anniversary of chicago's uh hosting of Lollapalooza, and that first year it was like the pixies and um they can get a lineup in a second but like it was just all indie acts and like some hip-hop so i think sonic youth was early on yeah which i would love to see uh, I, I want to say LCD Sound System played that first year, too. I'm pretty sure you're right, yeah. Fucking, that lineup must have been killer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, 2005. Let's see who the line, or the headliners were. So, yeah, it went 91 through 97, and then 2003 went off year. 2004, it was canceled. 2005 is when they did the station, or the single city um headliners included weezer oh they had a whole fucking not jam band but a whole like small stage tent um but weezer widespread panic the killers the pixies um it's weird to think the killers have been around that long yeah death cab played um and then some of the up-and-coming bands at that time kasabian uh Let's see here. The Warlocks. Uh, they had some hip hop. They had like DJ Z Trip, and they had um, I just saw Diggable Planets, The Black Keys, um, Dinosaur Junior played. <laughs> yeah. So interesting. Nice. Very into Kaiser Chiefs played. Wow, the bravery. Fucking hell. Um, very interesting lineup in the early days. It was a two day festival back then, and. It's grown from how many stages was it was it back then? One, two, three, four, five to eight stages now and a kid's tent for kids of Palooza and massive food and retail and blah blah blah. So there were a lot of kids there too, I noticed. Crazy amount. Yeah. Kids are free. Kids so. are giving out free? Yeah, you, you if you go to Lollapalooza, you get a free kid. Oh, nice. All you have to do is just walk by Perry's. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was always, that was a journalism thing. They would always say, and kids are free. Like, no, kids are admitted free. You're not giving out free children. Yeah. Thanks, Grandpa. Grandpa Grammar over here. <laughs> um, so there are eight stages, as we mentioned now. There's two big headliner stages. There's one stage that we've been ragging on, and we will continue to rag, rag on for the rest of the time. Because it's awful. It is Perry stage. It used to be a tent, and people died there. <laughs> and I was in that tent at one point, and I almost died there. Um, but it's it's. The, you want to know the fucked up thing? Perry stage is bigger than the second headliner stage. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's horrible. It's like, bad. That's the, the, they had. And there's always people there. 
It's the most crowded stage, except for the headliners on the main stage. Is that where Knife Party was two yes. years ago? Yeah. Knife Party was a terrifying experience in 2013. I went and saw Major Laser in 2013 there, and I was almost killed. <laughs> so, uh, and they have smaller stages such as the BMI stage and the Pepsi stage, which by far and away, Pepsi, in my opinion, is the best stage out of all of them. That was where um, Strand of Oaks was. Strand of Oaks was there. Mick Jenkins played there. Rory played there. Um, and the Whale played there. A lot of great up and coming acts um, went on later or earlier there. And there's tons of shade. And then um, like Flying Lotus closed there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to remember who else. Uh, but yeah. Uh, did you just want to kind of jump in into day by day, or what do you want to do? Let's do day by day because right. I think that'll be good. And we saw, I mean, Robert and I were there. We saw each other, but we had probably very different experiences based on the bands we went to. Yes, because um, I was there I, with my friend Dave, yeah. so he and I kind of had a more democratic approach to it. Um, although mostly Dave won because I really didn't, I wasn't too um, strong opinioned about very much. Mm-hmm. It's all it was all good, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, Robert wanted to see some different acts than than Dave and I did. So we'd we'd catch each other here and there, or we'd be at the same shows but not hang out. Yeah. So. Um ever since I started going to festivals by this point, um I go with people, but at a certain point, you know, your schedules aren't going to match exactly with what everyone wants to see. And I've given up being democratic. If I want to go see a band but damn it, I'm going to go see a band and I don't care if I see them by myself or someone goes with me or I go with someone. So that's why, you know, I went with two other people and I think all of Saturday morning, I didn't see anybody I knew. I just sat by myself and listened to music, which, you know, it was amazing. Yeah, it was better. Um, yeah. You didn't get there till late on Friday, I think, right? No, we were there early. Who'd you see first? We saw um, Mighty Oaks. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you were at the that's the Palladia stage, which is the only permanent stage there because that's where actually they do. I think they do Taste of Chicago there, and they do, like Wilco yeah. has played that stage, and Spoon yeah. has. Yeah, Dave saw Weezer there recently. You know, <laughs> oh weird, that's weird. Yeah, it was a Taste. Oh really? Oh, I didn't know Weezer played the Taste. They did. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The so, more you know. Bling. Um. Yeah, that, so we got there. I mean, I think we we walked into Mighty Oaks um, maybe a quarter of the way through their set. Hmm. So we, I mean, we saw the most of it, but we we um, got downtown and stopped at McDonald's hmm. instead of going straight in because we decided to eat, you know, eat cheap. Let's do this, actually, because people might get bored of us sitting here going through our whole schedule. What was your, like, one to two standout bands on Friday? Um, (laughs) um, We're both going to say Paul McCartney, but other than Paul. (laughs) I incredibly enjoyed St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Yes. Which you didn't go to this time. Because I've seen seen them them twice already. Yeah. (laughs) I've seen them once in a festival setting, and I've seen them once solo. And those dudes, they bring heat. Like, they bring fire to every performance they do. Um, that lead singer is a showman. Yeah. Um, I would say my, my, my top three in order, so St. Paul and the Broken Bones, holy cow, they put on a great show. Mm-hmm. Um, Father John Misty, 
really, really enjoyed his show. Mm-hmm. It was hilarious. Yeah, and I, and but but like the the music was just really good. I mean, oh yeah, he's he's super tight, but he has this like sarcastic kind of caustic personality. It's like and, a caustic lounge act. Was, <laughs> perfect, perfect description. Like he will berate the audience for liking him, but then be like, "But don't go. I need you to stay here." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, he he I was very very happy with him and then um of course Paul McCartney, holy shit. It's fucking it was going to church. It was it was like having the pope preach to you on a one-on-one session. It was amazing. It was, a, it was like us, a Beatles concert. As you heard us start off the episode, we both cried. So <laughs> literally, yeah. I, I like in the in that way where logically you I can't explain it. It just comes over me and mm-hmm. I couldn't stop. I was tearing up and it mm-hmm. was it was during maybe I'm amazed. And then of course during Hey Jude, I wasn't exactly tearing up or anything, but I was just I felt like the spirit moving inside of me. <laughs> You know, it the, was the Holy Ghost of the Beatles. Yeah. That, you know, um, yeah, that that Paul McCartney performance. And the I, the other thing we talked about, Father John Misty, uh, Josh Tillman, Joshua Tillman, Joshua. Yeah. Tillman, um, his like stage presence and his banter and interaction with the crowd. Paul McCartney stories and it sounded like your grandpa pulled you aside and like was telling you about his old days of going out drinking and like getting into trouble like he had the crowd hanging in the palm just sitting in the palm of his hand hanging on every word um he could do obviously he could do no wrong but like it was fantastic the way he interacted with the crowd so yeah he was incredible and and i just kept looking up there going he's 74 yeah, 73, but yeah. I thought he was 74. 73, him and uh, someone just passed away. They were the same age. Hmm. But yes, he's 73. Okay, but still, close enough. Oh, very, yeah. I, and I he, can, yeah. He, he was performing like somebody 40 years younger. I mean, he was energetic. Um in just the the presence i've never i've never seen somebody with that kind of presence on stage and he's done these these songs so many times oh, in in 50 some years of performing so you know of course he's 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 got it down but it wasn't just that it was weaving every song together and just putting on a, a really awesome show it was like nothing I've ever seen. Yeah. And I've been to a lot of shows. Yeah. Yeah. And this is always something, this is weird, especially if you go to a Paul McCartney show, it's not something you actively think about. Um, but I remember thinking about it and taking it in his visuals were, you know, fantastic as well. Like his overall stage production, especially when they did live and let die fucking the place erupted into fireworks it was amazing uh, i yeah i was just like oh my god what's happening here <laughs> <laughs> there's fireworks and flash pots and and, and lasers freaking yeah. laser beams freaking like, laser beams um fucking yeah dude it was that was if i had to my my top three for that day number one would have to be 
um, Paul McCartney, for sure. Um, as you mentioned, I didn't go to St. Paul and the Broken Bones. I actually caught the very end of their set um, because I wanted to get a good spot for Father John Misty. Um, so Father John Misty I had seen before, but we've already covered him. The other set that I actually had a really good time with, um, and it was super low-key and very sparse, there was like no one there, um, was this jazz group called Bad Bad Not Good. Uh, and I've been a big fan of theirs for about a year and a half now, two years. Um, they're a jazz trio out of Toronto. And um, it's it basically what it is. They're a jazz trio out of Toronto. And they just got up there and wailed on the bass and the, the you know keys. And they had a saxophone player coming in and out every now and then. And the drummer just took solos. And it was something that was really cool. You just sit in the shade and just take it in. And I remember closing my eyes and just, you know, People go to Lollapalooza and they're like, oh, it's rock or it's just, you know, EDM. It's, just, it's, just, it's just like that. It was really cool to see a band like Bad, Bad, Not Good get a chance to just shine in the middle of the afternoon and just create this really cool atmosphere that no one, next to no one took in. So, totally. Those are, those are good. Yeah. I, um, I agree. What was your biggest disappointment of Friday? It's going to sound weird, but my biggest disappointment is not catching an act. I didn't get to see Flying Lotus. Oh, right. But Paul McCartney. But Paul McCartney. But Flying Lotus. (laughs) But you can see Flying Lotus. That's the thing. That's the way I justified it. Flying Lotus is, in fact, coming back to Chicago in October. Right. So I can see Paul McCartney, who knows? Who knows? He could no longer be with us this week. Right. Maybe 10 years. Who knows? But, um, yeah, there's no way I wasn't going to miss Paul McCartney. But the biggest disappointment I had of Friday was uh missing flying lotus because all the bands i saw you know i saw other bands like kyle thornton and the company and jamestown revival and blah 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 and you know they were okay but i'm not gonna disparage them because they're out there doing their thing flying lotus was the band you know that was my biggest disappointment not seeing them i yeah i i mine was the war on drugs which, yeah, you said they were really bad. Well, no, let me clarify that because I don't think they were bad. I just had a, I didn't, I did not enjoy the experience that they put out. Okay, so I'm, I'm a big, I was a big fan of their album from last year. Um, Red Eyes was one of my top ten favorite songs of the year. I love that album too. It's a great album. It, it's a really great album. But they and they performed it. They're they're set true to the album. Mm. Every song sounded great. You know exactly like the album, and there was no life to it, no energy. It was not not in a live setting. Okay, so it, it. I was just sitting there going, I should have seen Alabama Shakes. They killed, and I heard that they killed. Yeah. So again, nothing wrong with the way they performed. It just was disappointing because I was expecting it to be like because some of those songs are pretty anthemic. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's. It's there. They should be big, big stadium studio. Um, what am I trying to say? It should be awesome, and it just fell flat for me, and it, to the point where it was almost not enjoyable, and everything started sounding the same. But the weird thing is, when we were looking through the videos of the recap days to find something to play for the show today, when I when the one of the clips was them, yeah, and it sounded great. 
again. Like, but just being there did nothing for me. So here's the one thing I want to maybe maybe it was the crowd. Maybe it wasn't the band, but the band was putting out what they should be putting out or what they normally put out, and the crowd was just not receptive to it. I think there was also a disconnect between the stage and the crowd. Yeah. I don't think they were – it was almost like they were they were playing to a different crowd. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, nothing wrong with the music. It sounded great. They were rocking out, but it just I, – I was disappointed, yeah. which, is, which is a bummer because I like them. And again, I can't even blame them. I don't really know what the what the disconnect was there, but yeah. Um, any other notes from Friday? Well, the other note we've talked about Perry's. Uh, so Perry's is primarily the electronic, you know, dance music stuff like that. All three days, you could hear the ever present. Um, it was like the shark in Jaws. It was always somewhere. You knew it was there. Yeah. yeah. If, if we recorded the rest of the podcast and John just kept doing that for the rest of the podcast, that was three days of Lollapalooza. It you was. You just heard that. To the point where Paul McCartney brought it up during the concert. Yeah. Where he was, he's like, I, I don't know what they're playing over there, but it, we're, this is on purpose. We're doing a mashup. <laughs> I don't know what a kind lot of, of people disco shit, shit for that, too. There. Did you know that? Really? A lot of people online were like uh, a person of Paul McCartney's uh you know experience and understanding should realize that music comes in multiple forms and you shouldn't disparage other people's taste in music um oh he was making a joke yeah that's a lot it was it was uh, it was good spirited (laughs) yeah a lot of people were like you know you know it's not right for him to call that shit or whatever it is and you could tell he was very tongue-in-cheek even um and we're gonna get into saturday in a second um my brother-in-law who I went with TJ, he actually didn't like Metallica because he felt like Metallica was knocking on Paul McCartney. No, I I thought that was a, a again a, 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 a just a, a joke to make a joke. I didn't yeah. think that was there's anything. I thought it was actually like that self-deprecating kind of humor where they were actually honoring him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. I was like, they were just you know. You know, I saw this guy, Sir Paul McCartney. It was being, you know, goofy or whatever. Man, he was like, "No, nah, it felt like they was knocking him." And you don't say that about a beetle and blah 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 blah. So you can say whatever you want about a beetle. <laughs> yeah, he's Ringo not sucks. Hear you. <laughs> Ringo sucks. Of course, you pick on Ringo. Well, here's the thing, during Paul. So he played, you know, he played a John song and he played, he a, played George a George song. song. And then I yelled out, "Play a Ringo song!" Play Ringo! <laughs> and like the guy next to me's like. Oh my god, he should do Yellow Submarine. And then like everybody was laughing. It was great. <laughs> yeah, no Ringo song. No Ringo songs, no. No. Um Saturday. Saturday. Um uh, thoughts on Saturday. We got there a little bit later on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um not too late. We we went we started with um what did we start with? I can't remember. Um it might have been Sturgill. Sturgill was really good. And he was at three. I, I swear we saw something before that. Um, Did you catch the end of Givers? No, we didn't. I don't remember why oh, we got to this. Django one. Django. Oh, duh. That's what we did. We went to Django Django first, um, which I hated. 
<laughs> I did not. And, I, and not to say that those guys weren't working their butts off on stage. I mean, it was just they were putting on a show, and I was standing there looking around, and people were enjoying it. I mean, the the audience was 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 having it. It was funny because at one point they had everybody get down on one knee and put their fists in the air. Mm. At the very end of the show, and then they were like, "We're gonna, cut, we're all gonna rise up, or something like that." And there were just two like gnarly looking dudes with like long hair and Metallica t shirts who would not bow down. <laughs> and it was, and they're like, "Come on, Metallica t- guys too." And they're, they're, they're like, "No, <laughs> no, that's not us." But I mean, I played along, but I just had no fun. It was, it was very percussive music, okay, and not the kind I like. It was. It wasn't pleasing to my ear, and I. I really was having a miserable time. <laughs> Django, Django, and Dave loved it. I mean, Dave was really wanted to see Django, Django. So, you know, I and and I. He had a fun time. So yeah. good for him. But just personally, yeah. What were your uh, top three then? Top three of the day. Um, Tallest man on earth was really good. Okay. I I wasn't expecting as much for some reason. Um, I, I you know in a in a Lollapalooza style f- place, and, and I and I love the, the, his kind of music. So I I listen to I listen to his music a lot, but I just kind of thought, eh, this isn't going to be great for a festival. He had so much stage presence and charisma, while still staying in that kind of folk and mm-hmm. folk rock vibe. Um, I, I was maybe because I had low expectations. I was really pleased, but he really put on a rocking show. It was a really good show. Um, I'm I'm a bigger fan because of it. Uh, so that was that was a big one, and I I really like Tame Impala. Yes, Tame Impala fucking brought the noise. I think they're like because they just had a new album come out what last week or the week before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Currents, and it's really phenomenal album i feel like if this album doesn't do it their next album could very well propel them to headlining status absolutely yeah yeah yeah. and and i mean kevin parker's just because he he self-records the albums and yeah tour with them but and he's very apparently very specific on I don't. You're you're crashing the cymbal too hard on that fill, you know, or something. He, he's he's that specific about how orchestrated the show is, and it was a really well executed show. Mm-hmm. So I give him a lot of credit for being the creative force and the mastermind. And I I really enjoyed their show. That was a good one. So my three were tallest man on earth, um, Tame Impala, and then freaking Metallica. Freaking Metallica. Um, let's just go ahead and talk about Metallica, and then I'll get into my other ones. Yeah. Uh, you have you ever seen Metallica or no? No, no. I had neither, and I didn't know what to expect. Um, Me either. I m- met up with a couple of friends of mine, one who had never seen Metallica, and one that had, and uh, like they were just like, "Dude, it's gonna be epic. What song do you want to hear? What song do you want to hear? Blah 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 blah." And then the the guy that they were with, he's like, I've seen them the 20 times. They're going to open with this. They're going to close with this. They're going to always play this, blah, 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 blah. And the guy was just spot on. He named yeah. everything they were going to do. So, Well, we pretty – Dave and I, we have, neither one of us have ever seen Metallica either. But we pretty much predicted the show. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think that was hard, you know, to, 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 to figure out what they were going to play and, and what general order 
And um, I mean, we we had been game planning that one all day. <laughs> I mean, we were talking about it on Friday. We were talking about what is what's Metallica going to play. Um, I two things I learned at Metallica. One, I like way more Metallica songs than I ever gave myself credit for. <laughs> because I'm not. I've never been. No one's ever mistaken me for a Metallica fan, which is funny because on the train home that night, so Dave and I are sitting in our seat, and then a couple rows up two girls were facing the backwards way because they flipped the seat around yeah and they had to be like 19 or 20 and they started chatting with us and the one girl's like so who'd you see and or uh, did one was like who do you think we saw i was like um you look like sam smith kind of chicks yeah no i forget who who they saw that night but what whatever g easy yes it was actually i think you're right um but then um Dave's like, well, who do you think we saw? She's like, oh, you guys look like Metallica guys. Yeah. Like, no one has ever said I look like a Metallica, like a Metallica guy. guy. You are full of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm not a Metallica kind of guy. But then I, I realized, you know, just from being a teenager in the 90s, how much Metallica, Metallica you I in. really did enjoy. And I mean, I have like, I have Load, I have Reload. You know, I don't have the Black Album, which I really probably should have. Um, well, but, let me revise that statement. You should have all the Metallica's albums. Well, now I <laughs> now I would agree with you because the other thing I learned was it, it's as musicians they I mean they're damn near our our orchestral in in the way that they do things. They are they're showmen. They're showmen. Yeah. Their their songs have movements, mm-hmm. just like a good you know classical piece. Um, the guitar work is so intricate, and it was a, an oddly religious experience to be at Metallica. Um, it was compelling. It was really amazing to see these guys aren't aren't just screwing around here. You know, they're not just making heavy metal to you know be contrarian or yeah. they, and and i really believe when he said you know i play this music because it makes me feel good and i hope it makes you feel good too like I yeah can, no i believe you, that you can see it <laughs> in their performance that music makes them feel good yeah like when you look at their faces it's not like they're making these angry metal faces like they're smiling and happy and they genuinely love what they do yeah and they're and they're and they're they're not just playing the same songs that they've been playing for the last twenty thirty years. They're they're doing it because of there's there was passion behind it. So I was I was very impressed, and I've now been listening to Metallica like crazy. Good, yes, yes. Let it flow through you. And and willfully admitting I am now a Metallica fan. Um, because that comes with certain connotations by certain people. Yeah, Randy hates Metallica. Fucking hates him. She should um, go to a Metallica show. Yeah. Uh, I was a light Metallica fan in the mid '90s and early 2000s, and then the dude I actually went and saw Metallica with, like he is a fucking Metallica fan. Like he loves them, and um, he's like every he, he brought up a, a fact that he's like they've only been to Chicago. I think he said two or three other times before this. One when he was eight. <laughs> one he couldn't afford to go to, and I think there was three, and one he was out of town of four. So this was like the fourth time they had played Chicago in that long that he could just like be able to go and see them. And um, for him, it was like meeting Santa Claus. <laughs> uh, 
It was that big. Wow. But uh, some of the things I have to take away, you, you've touched on everything essentially. Um, fucking the, the craftsmanship, the music, the uh, musicianship, the showmanship, the, the lasers, the, the production. Yeah. The one thing I have maintained, and I don't know if I've ever said this in front of you, but I've said it in front of a lot of people. Fucking Lars Ulrich, Ulrich, whatever. He is the worst drummer to ever luck into one of the biggest bands ever. <laughs> you think if so? You, if you go back and listen to that show, and you can go back because they're actually selling the show on their website for 10 bucks. If you go back and listen to that show or just listen to the free songs that Lollapalooza released, every time there's a flub, and there's noticeable flubs throughout the show, it's always because he messes up a fill. <laughs> every time. And I noticed it live. I noticed it even more on the recording. It's because he messes up a fill. It's that's it's the fact. It's Jack. just his way of preventing you from downloading it later. Ugh. Oh, FYI, there's a dude wearing a Napster shirt in the front row, which yeah. is great. <laughs> <laughs> that's the most metal thing I've ever. <laughs> um, Napster shirt to the Metallica show. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, I fucking loved it i loved everything about it um it was as you mentioned it was religious i don't know if it was as religious as paul mccartney but like i will definitely say this i had paul was like like going to church where you sit and you you take it in and you you, i mean you're an active participant but you're 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 commuting yeah you're, you're there to be part of it metallica is is like going to I you know I can't I don't can't think of a it, it's like, like a church revival yeah it, but it's like it's like Bible camp it's churchy <laughs> but there are activities yeah <laughs> like fist bumping and yeah head banging and you know a uh, mosh pit opened up right next to me I had to like protect this woman right behind me so. yeah I, 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 I same thing with us and I told Dave if if it if it uh, moves our way I'm in it. <laughs> I'm going for it. I'm not resisting. I've Take I've been in mosh pits before. Ready. It's been 15 years since I've been in a mosh pit. Probably, um, I have crowd surfed before. Um, back in the day, back in the 90s when that was a thing. Um, but yeah, I told him that I'm not fighting it. If it comes this way, you're I'll I'll catch you later. <laughs> um, other standouts for the day for me. Uh, I went and saw Sturgill Simpson. Yeah. I thought the dude was fantastic. And it was really weird because he's a country bluegrass artist playing a indie and EDM festival. And he was on the second main stage. He had, in my opinion, like one of the smallest crowds you could possibly get. The dude put his heart out there. And when he plays folk festivals, he's on like a side tent. Yeah. Yeah, it was really weird. It was a weird placement for him, but I absolutely loved him. Um, we caught his show from the Shade Trees. I was having a, an episode at the time. Uh, we wanted to, we wanted to catch the show, but I was lightheaded and dizzy and dehydrated. Water, man. Yeah, oh, and I had been. That was the thing. It was it was just freaking hot. So yeah, or or I can just blame it on Django Django <laughs> jackasses. Uh, the other standout for me, I mean, there's other bands that stood out, like Mick Jenkins was great, Rory was great, but the other true, true standout for me, and it's also my disappointment, was brand new. Yeah? 
I Randy, we've done the the wife cast. We did the wife cast. Brand new is Randy's favorite band. Yes, I like them. I do. I like their first two CDs, and I mentioned that on the wife cast. I like their first two CDs. Their second two CDs kind of fell off for me. They have a new CD coming out this year, and they came out fucking swinging for the fences, and they destroyed. Like, they were killing, in my opinion. And the reason it's both a standout and a disappointment is I left after 30 minutes to go get a better spot for Metallica. And I went back and I looked at their set list, and the second half of their set list was everything from their first and second album. Oh, man. And that's the stuff I wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but they they were good. I, like I understand, like we, like I mentioned, we talked about wife class uh, and wife cast, and I don't think they were like a, a big thing for you and Glass. But if you get a chance to listen to their their set from Lollapalooza, I highly recommend going back and listening to it. It was really good. Nice, yeah. Disappointments from Saturday. Um, I don't really Django, have Django. any. Yeah, well, Django, Django, but that's that's. That's that's a John problem. That's not a Django Django or Lollapalooza problem. Yeah. I just didn't. Um, I just hated them. They weren't. Was, they weren't doing anything wrong. They were playing music that people you. liked. You know, it just wasn't me. But um, and I can't even blame that because I could have gone to another show and I didn't. So I, I don't know. I didn't really have uh, other than I guess missing being part of Sturgill Simpson because I okay. wasn't feeling well. Yeah, yeah so. you have an episode. No, I was, I like, I was walking. So Dave and I had already found a tree. We were sitting out under, and I was like, I'm gonna go to the restrooms because there's all the the porta pots right along that row there. Mm-hmm. And I turned, and I was halfway there, and my knees were like giving out. And I was doing that like weird sideways walking. Yeah, yeah. Thing. Like, oh my god, I need to sit. <laughs> so literally, I just sat where I was. Dave probably thought. I was taking the longest dump in history or something. <laughs> and I had to, because I'm just like, I came back like, I've been sitting in the grass for the last like 20 minutes. <laughs> I, I couldn't move. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to drink some water. I'm feeling better now. But yeah, it was, I mean, again, I'd say maybe one of my biggest disappointments by Saturday was I was getting cranky. Oh. And, um, you know, I was getting overheated and it just made me realize I'm not 25 anymore. Yeah, that's a big thing I realized. Like, I'm getting really out there when it comes to doing this. I wanted to sit and I wanted to relax and I wanted to enjoy the music. Um, and there were times when I got all up in it and jumped and everything. But I'm th- I'm going to be 34 years old and I was probably in the 80th percentile of age at oh, this yeah. concert. Easily. So that that's my biggest disappointment because that's what I realized on Saturday. Getting too old for this shit, Murtaugh? Yeah, I'm getting too old for this shit. Uh, two things I wanted to bring up on Saturday and we can go to Sunday. The Travis Scott thing. Yeah, right? So uh, Travis Scott is this ass clown of a rapper, but, you know, not that I'm biased or anything. Um, <laughs> who he's played the Django Perry's. Django of rap. Yeah, he's the Django Django of rap. He uh, played Perry's, so right there, strike one. Showed up 40 minutes late to his own set. Which was only 45 minutes long. Was to begin with. stoned out of his mind. He was so far gone. People said that he was like, he had no idea what was going on. He then, the first thing that came out of his mouth was like, fuck security or fuck the police or some bullshit like that. And then he told everyone to jump the gate and come up on stage. Which, when you tell a bunch of mollied up 20-year-olds 
to jump the gate and come on stage. Of course they're going to friggin' jump the gate and come on stage. So they all try to get into the pit and security is stopping them and he's performing and he only played like 30 seconds of one song and then tried to get into another song and then they're trying to get on stage and he's telling security now to stop them and turned into a complete shit show, got arrested for inciting a riot. Good for him. <laughs> and I'd never heard of him before. And he, he spells Travis with a dollar sign. What an ass clown. Um, the other thing I would bring up is, have you heard of the band Holy Child? No. I had never heard of them either. And I caught them when I was waiting for Givers because I wanted to catch Givers while I was waiting for Sturgill Simpson. Um, I've since gone back and listened to their album and they call themselves Brat Pop. Brat as in like Brat Pack or your child is sure. being a brat. Yeah. Uh, brat Pop. It was actually really damn catchy. It was really entertaining. It was like McDonald's fast food music, but I had a really good time with them. And their lead singer is very charismatic and it was very engaging. And I remember sitting there watching it and thinking, this is actually really good. I dig it. So, holy child, give them a listen. I don't think I saw any shows on BMI, definitely not in Perry's. I don't think I saw any shows at BMI stage. I didn't see any shows at BMI. Uh, Holy Child actually played the Bud Light, the the second main stage. Right, right. And then I didn't see anything at BMI, and I purposely went by Perry's early in one day, I think during like Alice in Wonderland, uh, just to say, hey, I caught a show at Perry's. I, I won't go back there after Knife Party two years ago. <laughs> it was it was literally, it made me scared internal, in my, in my soul. In my soul. Yeah. Um, Sunday. The day of rain. The, the Sunday we got there really freaking late because Dave didn't realize that there wasn't a, a ten fifty seven train in from Elgin on yeah. Sundays. We had to wait till eleven fifty seven. So then we got downtown and we went to Burger King because we we ate out of the park before we got there every day to save a little bit of money. Yeah. Um. And then um. We so we go we get there, we scan in, and the first thing we both wanted to do because it was really humid on Sunday was get a bottle of water. So we were going to the um, to the bar to get a bottle of water, and they were closing it. <laughs> we're like, "What's going on?" And so we start walking down towards the, the the other end where the other bar is, and they were closing that one. I'm like, "Why are there so many people? What's going on? Everybody's going in the same direction. This is weird." And then we figured out they were closing the park because of a thunderstorm. Yeah. And evacuating. So, Robert, did you get evacuated? We tried not to get evacuated. And then they – so we got there early. Um, you, you saw in the whale. You were there at noon, right? Fucking in the whale. By far, you know, such an underrated band. Such an amazing show. And they only had a 30-minute set. And they destroyed for – 29 minutes and 59 seconds <laughs> um, because there was one second where they took a breath, break to, to take a sip of water. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, we got there early, saw In the Whale. We walked around for a bit, and I have a disappointment somewhere in there, but I'll get to that later. And then we ended up at the beer garden drinking beer and having some brats, and 
that's when we got the notice that they were evacuating because of a storm and we tried to wait we tried to wait we tried to wait and then someone started coming through and they were like hey you need to leave hey you need to leave so we started walking out and they were ushering people out so yeah we got evacuated we were at by by the perry stage um and so we just, you know how there's some like trees there yeah. and then there's that main exit. So Dave and I went under these trees with probably about 75 other people and we we're just hanging out there laying low and they were still evacuating and evacuating. By that time it had already rained and quit raining, which really was not that big of a deal. Um, but, we're, but we're thinking, okay, most of the parks already vacated by now. And they're just saying, go find a restaurant or a store or a parking garage to stand in. Like, we're going to get stuck on the street and just get rained on there. Mm-hmm. So might as well stay in the freaking park if we can. So we decided to, to, to chance it. And we were under there for quite a while. And then finally, a, a, an entire line of like maybe 15 security guys came from the Perry's direction. We didn't, I didn't even see them coming. They just like popped out of nowhere, you know, ninja style. And they were like, Turn off your phones and walk. Keep walking. I don't want to see anybody looking at those phone screens. You got to walk. We're we're evacuating. Get out. And like literally, we're we're like tapping people on the shoulder. Put your phone away and walk. You know all this stuff. So we're like, all right, well, I guess we're leaving. And we we get out to the to the road to the exit, and like two people just broke the security line and ran, and then four hundred people ran, <laughs> and. <laughs> Towards Perry's. Yeah. And so Dave and I just were like, all right, I'm just going to turn around here. And we just kind of walked back to the main concourse. And um, we were about to be approached by a cop at one point. And um, I just said really loudly, all right, are we going to the exits over there? Are we going to the exits over here? I'm not even sure where the exit is at this point. And Dave's like, oh, it's over here. And then we started walking that direction and we got left alone. Nice. And we just kind of, we just kind of, floated a little bit and then by that time um we i i don't even know they just stopped trying they stopped yeah. trying to kick people out and um so i you know we were when, as soon as the bars opened i was the first customer got got some <laughs> some drink and then we went down and waited for strand of oaks and we were right up against the uh we were we were literally this the third and fourth person at the strand of oaks concert nice yeah, we, we weren't that lucky. We got kicked out and we tried to go to a bar to get some drinks and that was everyone's plan. So we didn't even get a drink there. And then they were like, OK, we're opening back up. So we came back and then we had to wait in the, you know, th- security of people trying to rush in. And that took like 40 minutes. And we walked up like two minutes before Strand of Oak started. So. Did you see Strand of Oaks? I did. But we were – you guys were up front. We were in the shade. So for the, the, the Pepsi stage, there's a stage and there's like this open clearing, you know, right in front of it. And then there's like this horseshoe of trees, like a perimeter around the outside that uh, whenever I was at the Pepsi stage, I was usually under the trees relaxing in the shade because I'm an old man and it's nice back there. It's 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 pleasant. We saw Miss Mister – there two years ago yeah and and, and under the trees and it was nice um no i was super impressed with strand of oaks oh they they were great which really i didn't realize this it's actually one dude and then he has the other guys playing the Uh, band it's a lead singer kind of thing yeah exactly but i mean could you he was putting 110 percent on on that show 
Um, and and again, it was one of those moments where this guy has been waiting his whole life to play Lollapalooza, and he got there. He took the moment and rocked it. Yeah, you know, he knew what he had, and he didn't screw it up. Yeah, like freaking other dude, the 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 bad Travis rapper. Scott. Yeah, Travis Dollar Sign Scott. <laughs> Travis Scott. Yeah. So. And, and it was, I mean, the music was good. It was well executed. They rocked. It was kind of throwback rock, but it was it was really well done. And I had a freaking blast. And then, of course, I'm right up in front um, against the barrier. So whenever I'm in front, I feel obligated to have the best time I can because the band is right there. Yeah. I want to hype up the band, and I want to show them that I'm there because I want to be there. Yeah. And I danced a lot. I, I yelled, rock and roll! <laughs> you know that kind of stuff um you know i and i did i genuinely had a good time and i wanted to show it. i wanted to give it back to to the band um because they they I, I could tell it was one of those stories of they worked their their tails off and so i read up on dude i don't even remember his name the lead singer of strand of oaks um where he started writing an album and he went on tour and found out like his girl was cheating on him and all this stuff. And then he came home another day and his house had burned down and just all these like big setbacks in his life. And you could just feel a lot of that tension and pain and emotion yeah. in the songs. And then the new album's called heal. So like dude's working through some stuff and making brilliant music with it. And I wasn't expecting anything out of this band. Cause I, I'd never even heard of them before Lollapalooza lineup. And, that I was really impressed. So they're one of my top three for for Sunday for sure. <laughs> I I actually because uh, their album Heal came out in 2014. So when I was doing my year end research, they were one of the bands that went on my best of 2014 list because of that album. And I think they're still on there, but they didn't make the final cut if I remember correctly. Um, I think they were pushed off. I'm actually going through my best of 2014 list right now. But Oak Road, Benjamin Booker, Claude Nelson, Flying Lotus. Yeah, Strand of Oaks. Um, I have them in between War on Drugs and Sturgill Simpson. So hmm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it, they, they fit in there. And just as you mentioned, it's very uh, emotionally draining. You know, you, you could tell that this dude put his entire heart and soul into the music that he's putting out there. So, But it was good. It was really good. So, um, the one issue that I had, and it's not, I mean, it's, it's out of our control and I, I applaud the promoters and the, the production staff of Lollapalooza for doing it, but it was actually also poorly executed and it was outside of their control because of the rain delay. There was an hour of no music. They had to evacuate everyone and then they had to bring everyone back in. And that actually went a lot smoother than it, than, you know. Expected. It should have, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so what they decided is they're going to say, hey, we're going to pu- push everyone back by 45 minutes. And everyone's going to get their full set. Um, here's the thing, though. City of Chicago has an ordinance that says music and live events can't go past 10. Um, let's stick a pick in this real quick. Because going back to Metallica and how badass they are, they knowingly of this rule flaunted it and decided fuck it we're playing till 10 30 <laughs> and they just played their own encore past the deadline and just did whatever they wanted to 
which is awesome because that's like a huge find for them. So going back to Sunday, they pushed all of the bands back to 1045 to close. They wanted to give everyone their full set and everything like that. Which is cool because that, that was Dave's comment was, well, this rain delay, man, There's a this is the time slot where a bunch of young artists are on minor stages and they're just getting wiped out. So it's kind of cool that they let them you know, go back and, and play their whole set. Carry on. But <laughs> Mother Nature being, you know, Mother Nature decided to throw another storm at the Grant Park. Now, it was nowhere near us. It was like in Evanston. But it I was mean, a bad could, storm, though, it was to be bad. fair. Yeah, like you could see. There were tornadoes like, and stuff. Uh, yeah, it was like uh, the, the gods were fighting in the sky. It was fast and intense and you could see it from you know very far away so not only did they try to give everyone their full sets but then they also wanted to make the sure the headliners close and they realized hey we're gonna have to shut down early so then they cut everyone's set short by like 15 to 30 minutes to give the headliners at least an hour and then even then they cut the headliners short mm. yeah because florence was supposed to play nine to ten and i think they kicked her off at like nine fifty. Wow, so which is right right after I left. I I was not excited about Florence and the Machine. I didn't, and Dave really wanted to see her, so we we caught the beginning of that. But they must have cut off right after we left because yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We stayed for the beginning of Florence and the Machine, and then left too. Um, other bands that we could, so after that, you know, Strand of Oaks and everything like that. Who'd you catch after Strand of Oaks? Because um, there's one band I want to talk about, and I think you were there. Let me think. I'm going back to the. Um, where am I? Okay, so there's Strand of Oaks, and then we chilled for a little bit, and we went to Google Bordello. Bordello. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was up front and center for that show, and it was insane and crazy. Um, it, it was it was like a their gypsy punk band. Um, it's the best way to describe them, but like they're all of, they're not punk in the sense of like anarchy and everything like that. They're punk in the sense of, hey, you know, political freedom. I'm because Eugene hunts the lead singer is a political refugee, and uh, it's all like peace, love, and revolution and everything like that. But just the energy and the crowd interaction and and their interaction and their showmanship as well was insane. So I was expecting to hate it no <laughs> i was initially confused by it i w- came to acceptance of it and then i enjoyed it and then we went to a monsters and men oh, which was yeah. a terrible decision yeah should have stayed with Bordo- uh, bordello yeah so uh, i but yeah it was it was um it was it was it was a fun show actually. It was, it was a, a very, very fun, fun show, and a very strange and confusing, and it made me question things about my life. <laughs> <laughs> you guys went to of Monsters Men. I caught the beginning of ASAP Rocky, um, which was just your typical rap show. But mm-hmm. then, in my opinion, the true headliner of Sunday night, because we both didn't care for Florence and the Machine, and one of my disappointments is not catching Bass Nectar because I just wanted to see what a Bass Nectar show was like, but. The true headliner of Sunday night for us, TV on the radio. Yes. Fucking hell. 
That was a great show. I, I told Dave, I think even, I mean, Paul and Metallica blew my face off um, with The Awesome, but I think I had the most fun at TV on the radio. Yeah. I danced my butt off on that show. I don't usually dance in public other than, you know, white guy dance at concert, you know, yeah. the, the head bob and the shoulder shake and that, that whole thing. But I was like, you know, dancing like a crazy fool at that at that tv on the radio show it was a great fun show the energy was was spectacular and not only was the energy spectacular not just from the band the crowd yes everyone was into it but it it wasn't it wasn't like because you can go to perry's and get the crazy energy there but the difference between a tv on the radio energy and perry's energy is there was more of a connection in my opinion that you can ever get at Perry's. Like there was a connection between the band and the crowd and the crowd and the people around you. And then the, the you know, it, like it was like going into you mm-hmm. and they were speaking to you. It wasn't just like everyone dance. It was like, everyone let's go on a journey. <laughs> it was great. And, and I, was it you that said it or was it maybe Dave? I don't remember who said this now where it seemed almost fly by the seat of their pants that, that was dave yeah yeah it, it, where where it wasn't the structured there weren't structured transitions songs didn't you know sound exactly like the album they they really it felt very organic and it it really actually enhanced the show and, and that that's how kind of how dave explained it it wasn't half-assed it was just an organic movement between songs and intros and 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 everything it was it was really fun yeah Um, i had a blast i danced with some people in the crowd around me we had like a big old dance party good as it should be it's a festival you should do what you want communed yeah um that's that's that was Lollapalooza, according to two old white guys yeah two guys Um, that are getting too old for this uh I had a blast. I and here's the thing: going into this year, I was initially reserved because I was like, "Oh, there's a band here I want to see, and a band there that I want to see, and blah 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 blah." And Sunday there was like two bands that I want to see. Um, I ended up having a lot more fun than I expected I would have. Yeah, me too. And and I complained about it along the way. I I was throwing up every roadblock, <laughs> every roadblock possible to not go to Lollapalooza this year. I can't afford it. Oh well, I got your ticket. Okay, cool. Well, I still can't afford like food and drink and transport. That's just too much. I don't have that in my budget right now. Oh, I got you, bro. Like, okay. And I guess it's totally, I still have to find somebody to watch the kids because, you know, my wife has to work on the weekends and we can't afford for her not to work. Oh, my wife got my mother in law to drive from Ohio to stay the weekend to watch the kids <laughs> so I could go to Lollapalooza. Well, I guess I'm going. Yep. And, you know, and, and again, I. I definitely it illustrated to me how old I am. Like so I kept telling Dave, I'm like, nothing makes me feel older than hanging out with the youth. You <laughs> the know. youth. Yeah, the the the, the, the eighteen to twenty three year olds that, you know, were taking every drug and you know going insane for, you know, EDM and <laughs> crap. I, I don't cheesy. Um <laughs> But, no, but but yeah, <laughs> there was so much, so many openings of. I mean, really, this my my friend Jason kept telling me you're at the wrong festival. 
you sh- you should go to um, like summer camp or or something like that that would be more your pace. I'm like, but the bands that I actually care about were were here, yeah, and they were awesome, and it was yeah. a fun experience. I'm just too old to do three days of this anymore. Um, and and Jason's like, well, you know, you're still in the festival hate, you know, come down day after. I'm like, no, I'm telling everybody I know I'm not doing three. Do talk me out of it next time. Remind me of how I feel right now because I I don't think I can do three. I'll do a day or maybe even two, but that was that was a lot. Don't was a put really me in that time. category of reminding you to talk it out because I'm gonna try to talk to you you into in the next five <laughs> minutes coming to Bonnaroo with me next year. So I might um, because the big difference is you don't have to worry about traveling back and forth. True. You don't have to worry about you can just stop. People just stop and sleep in the middle of wherever they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, but, you know, Lollapalooza, uh, any final thoughts on, you know, other than we're too old for this and the youth is too crazy? Um, don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. And I like the fact that they reached for older headliners. Yeah. As well as it. younger headliners. They did. That was good. It was a good balance. Yeah. I, I would say overall it was a very positive experience. I enjoyed it. Very good. Uh, yeah, I, that's pretty much it. We we wrapped up our Lollapalooza episode. I don't know. Did you have anything else you wanted to – what have you been listening to? Um, do you follow John Misty? Yeah. Been listening to that. Finally caught up with that. Um, Strand of Oaks. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff from Lala. I really haven't had time for music lately. Um, but my friend Caleb and I actually started up – a thing we called song crushes. Okay. Those songs that you just, you love and you put in awe and you, um, you know, do something cool to you when you listen to them. Um, so we both set up playlists for, uh, you know, our crushes and we've been sharing, you know, and this is just stuff from anywhere. So, but I've, I've actually been listening to some stuff I've never heard before because his song crushes are different than my song crushes. <laughs> so, um, some stuff like that's been but not what I've been doing. But I just have June and July have been busy. Yeah. Which is why we haven't been freaking podcasting. We haven't recorded in forever, so oh. so what have you been listening to? Uh there's a band that played Pitchfork that I missed. And then I listened to their album and I was like, Wow, I really need to catch them. And then it turns out they played Lollapalooza, but they're playing the same time as Gogo Bordello, so I missed them again. Um there's a band called bully uh i've been listening to their album a lot it's really really good uh i've been listening to um a lot of jamie xx and then um i've been in a very nostalgic mood lately so i've been going back and checking out a lot of raucous records albums ah. so a lot of like late 90s most deaf to lip quality uh pharaoh Monch, sound bombing you know, Big L stuff like that. So cool. That's what I've been into quite lately. So nice. oh, and Dizzy Rascal. Oh, hey. I've been in a Dizzy Rascal mood lately. He's a an Italian. <laughs> he's a. I was gonna say Italian, which is wrong. He's a UK, an English um, grime rapper artist. So yeah, yeah. We forgot to um, give Lollapalooza to Dinosaur Juniors. Oh fucking. Uh, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to say I'm going to give it a – I'm going to give it an 8. Initial reaction, 8. 
I'm going to give Lollapalooza an 8. I'm going to give the Heat a 2. Yeah, it was hot. Um, I'm going to give it an 8.5, Dinosaur Juniors. Very nice. 8.5. It was, it was... I saw a Beatle. Fucking, we saw a Beatle, and we saw Metallica. We saw Metallica. <laughs> I mean, the tickets alone for either of those shows would have been the price of Lollapalooza. Yeah. You know, to to, to mind, if you, if you went to both of those shows just somewhere... And you there also got the... to see a bunch of other bands, too. So, I mean, a, a freaking amazing, man. I mean, Paul McCartney was probably one of the best shows I've ever been to. Yeah. So, totally there you have it. it. Man. Eight and eight and a half. That's an 8.25 average. That's a pretty good average. That's a good average. Eight out of ten Dinosaur Juniors. So, uh, anything else you'd like to throw in there? Nope, I'm done. Yeah, I'm good, too. So. <laughs> We're way over time. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we're like at almost an hour and a half. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for the Static and Distortion podcast, I'm Robert. I'm John. And he's have, Robot. And I'm Robot. Uh, we have nothing to go out on. So I'm just going to pick. I'll do a Strand of Oak song. Fuck it. Okay. I have it right here. Um, and yeah, we will You know, talk to you next time. Have a good night. You can find the Static Podcast on the iTunes Music Store or at staticanddistortion.wordpress.com. Like us on Facebook at Static and Distortion and follow us on Twitter at Static Distort.